I think both of us felt like that was a really beautiful experience because as much as the draw was having a, a big celebrity there, that energy dissipated, I think, really quickly. I don't know what you think, Penn. They were disappointed. No, the energy of like, you know, fanning over mm-hmm. somebody famous was very quickly replaced with hunger for like a genuine, true conversation. We do. Badgley, and we, we have do. Dr. Doromozoon. Yeah. Wow. What a dynamic duo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of their focus, and they're interesting, because mm-hmm. Penn is in a show. You probably have seen it. Mm. You. Mm-hmm. I've heard about you. Which is very Wait much. Wait You are you. You. Oh, I was about to do a Bud Abbott thing. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah. That was kind of cool. Right? <laughs> you. Uh-huh. And I gotta be honest. Yeah. I saw the first like two episodes. I hear it's hard. But then I got real nauseous. Yeah. And I, I was like, this hard is to too watch. much for me. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my husband was okay. And he's like, yeah. oh, something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm getting really like nervous. It was, it was kind of, yeah. it's kind of, it's just tense. Yeah. 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 And I can't imagine for Penn what that must be like. I think he wrestles with it too. I mean, he, I think he wrestles with the, just the, the subject matter. It's intense subject matter. In the yeah. Show, you know? Well, I think that's probably what brought him to having this kind of, you know, this relationship mm-hmm. and this, you know, friendship with, with Nora. Yeah. Yeah. Who is a couples coach? Yeah, and who I have known for a really long She's time. She's like your home girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is. They're both going to be speaking a lot, and they have been speaking a lot to individuals mm-hmm. about relationships and what goes into creating these healthy mm-hmm. relationships. And mm-hmm. for us, because we're focusing on with Choose Unity, we're yeah. focusing on um, what it takes mm-hmm. to to be an activist, what it takes to create change mm-hmm. in your community. Yeah. And it all comes down to this, the core of, of your relationships. It's like it's constant like reassessment of what's working and what's not working, mm-hmm. what has worked and what has not worked. Mm-hmm. And um, am I getting out of my relationships? Am I putting in and getting out of them the mm-hmm. best that I possibly can, right? You know, something that's always guided me with any of my work and yeah. anything I've dedicated my life to mm-hmm. is this idea of this higher energy or source. Mm. That's been for me. I know everybody's different, yeah. but it's, I'm working towards something that is bigger, yeah. um, bigger than me. Yeah. Definitely having a, a consciousness, a sense of connectedness to something that's greater than oneself. Mm-hmm. It's something that's beyond, you know, us. And this is, this is for me, this gets at the core of the relationship of the individual soul to God or mm. to the great spirit or yeah. to whatever you want to call that, yeah. that source. You can take that dynamic yeah. and then you can sprinkle some of that into your relationships and your friendships. What would the world look like yeah. then? Yeah, and that is exactly what Penn mm-hmm. and Nora are doing in their work. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they, they are being intentional about um, helping, first of all, themselves to yeah. understand what healthier, better functioning relationships look like. Yeah. And then in their public discourse, you know, they've been fortunate to speak at colleges and universities and other, other spaces to talk about, to share that learning with the community. Yeah. Um, removing, you know, violence in discourse, you know, um, creating spaces that are about encouragement, about um, mutual support and upliftment, you know. And I love the way, um, I think I read something, I saw Nora give a talk about putting putting positivity into a relationship to replace the negativity mm. that is mm. already present there. And I'm hoping mm. that maybe they'll talk about some of that today. Yeah. So 
I'm just looking forward to learning, man. I mean, you know, and, and, and being better at, at building and sustaining better relationships. So we should do it. Absolutely. You ready to do it? You're ready. I'm Let's ready. Let's go, man. Okay. Let's go. Let's I think go. they're waiting for us All anyway. Right. It's so awesome to have you both here. You've been working together and focusing on relationships. You, of course, Oops. is about a not so healthy relationship mm. but um, I, I, do, I don't uh, i don't know what you mean <laughs> <laughs> of course you don't <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Mm -hmm. you know we've been talking to to a lot of change makers and 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 they're walking us through the vision they have for the world that they want to create but we know that at the heart of it and the microcosm of society are these individual relationships we have with people. So if those relationships do not reflect what it is that we wanna see in the world, we can't make that change. And that's why we're having you both here today mm -hmm. to talk a little bit about, maybe you could first start off and tell us how you two came together to work on this. Actually, it's my understanding that we came together through my producing partner, Nava Kavlin, uh -huh. who's been friends with Nera for a long time. Mm -hmm. So Nava was a, a good friend of mine. She lived out here. And then when she moved to New York, she became close friends with Penn. You know how you have one of those times where an idea is just like flashed into your head and you're not really sure where it came from, but you know you have to act on it. Uh, I just had this flash that I should see if I could connect to him to see if he'd be willing to come to the university I work at, to Arizona State, mm. to give a talk actually about his character on you as well as like just media and how media informs our view of what's a healthy relationship and what we should be looking for and striving for. Mm. So it all just gelled really easily. It flowed really smoothly and he came out here and, and we just kind of became a bit of a team after that. It so I invited him to come and <laughs> before he knew what I did, he was like, you know, it would be great if I was like on the stage having a conversation with like some kind of an expert about relationships. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Funny you should mention that. <laughs> so there's something really like profound. You don't even realize the people that you're meeting and hopefully you're developing these authentic connections with actually serve to open up doors for you or connect you to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Cultivating these, you know, mm -hmm. sincere relationships that aren't predicated on what you can do for me, what I can do for you, but just, yo, you're, you're good people. I'd like to get to know you. Well, I think at the heart of, of a genuine relationship is where you find that's where you find support. It's where you find encouragement. Mm -hmm. It's where you find motivation. Um, it's it's really, I was actually having this conversation with Nava Kavalin the other day that mm -hmm. it's, I think it's actually impossible to feel inspired and isolated at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that at the core of relationships is is the the drive and the inspiration and the, the, the push to, to serve, to show up, to, to find the courage to align with your calling. Mm -hmm. it, it, it just, it empowers us in so many ways. Penn, do you have some thoughts on that, man? Well, you know, I think it's like boiling it down to some kind of really simple, emotionally digestible thing is like, at the end of the day, when we talk about social justice, when we talk about social progress, social transformation. We're talking about a system of relationships. It's all about relationships. It's about how we relate to one another, mm. about how we see ourselves and how we see each other and how we treat each other and how we treat ourselves. 
and how we either do or don't receive support in that, mm. how we do or don't give support in that, it actually is not that complicated. It ends up being complex when you have 7 billion people, yeah. but it's not that, it's not that complicated. Mm. It's, it's, it's really like if, if you can't, if you find having trouble, if you find great challenges and frustrations in your most intimate relationships, how, how could we assume that it's going to be any different at any higher level? Yeah. Whether yeah. it's in, whether it's, you know, it's like if in your house you're yeah. struggling, what about on your street? What about in your neighborhood? What about in your city, state, nation, you know, and it goes on. So to me, I just feel like at the beginning of every day and at the end of every day, you, you know, you're alone with your thoughts. Hmm. And while the, while the work of social justice is not only emotional, it, it is very emotional. And, and there's something that I think we're lacking. I mean, look, we, it's like, we don't live in a white supremacy, but all have emotional health. Right? <laughs> like, we, like we don't live in a, in a, in a, in a, in a corporatocracy. Um, but we're all like, you know, mentally healthy and like, the, like the, the, the reason we're struggling in our most intimate relationships is because of the biggest and smallest reasons. And first, I think the, the first step is like admitting and accepting that and understanding, starting to really understand the implications, you know, and then, and then trying and in understanding those implications better is like, all right, so how do I actually change that? How do I work on that? You know, how, like if I really want to be an agent of change, if I want to contribute to the betterment of society, like I, I think, I, you know, I think I have to see my closest relationships as being the first step towards that and not the only step. I'm not at all saying that's like, um, you know, just do your part kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just like, just like kind of work in your own bubble and, and that's not really it. But I think, you know, it really is just like our significant other, our siblings, our, our parents, our children, our friends, mm -hmm. colleagues, classmates, like, it matters. Every, everything we, I, you know, I just think, again, it's very simple. It's like everything yeah. we do matters. There was that big E word, that capital E word that came in there, encouragement, mm. which I think is such a profound dimension of relationships, you yeah. know? I mean, relationships is an indication um, of, of need, legitimate need on both parties, right? We enter into relationship because there is some emotional, supportive um, need for community. For, for all of you guys, like if you can point to a specific like moment in your life where that big E word encouragement played a significant part in helping you move forward in your life. And I don't know, maybe Nava, if you want to take that first and then we can, I'd love to hear what Nora says and then Penn as well. I can speak to encouragement, but I think in some ways it might be clearer if I can speak to discouragement or not a lack of encouragement in a situation and what that has resulted in, in mm. my, in my life. Yeah, sure. As, as a, a youth, I was, I felt I could achieve anything. I felt I was working hard. I felt like, you know, um, there was certain contributions that I wanted to make. And then mm. the moment I got into a relationship with somebody that was the opposite of encouragement that all died down. 
I was not able to contribute to my community. I couldn't contribute to my family members. I was, I couldn't, I couldn't really breathe. I couldn't be the light that each of us have within us. And mm. I think it just extinguishes that. So yeah. it's such an important part of, of growth. Yeah. It's such an empowerment and encouragement allows a person to step out into the world mm. and offer something that is substantial, that is unique to them. And the whole part of activism and being a change maker is being in this process, continuous process of growth. So I'd love, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Encouragement and growth. We give you all of the easy questions. <laughs> well, you know, I, Masood, you asked that question and then my thoughts went directly to obviously to myself and my experiences and um well i for me encouragement was really at the heart of healing from a lot of like childhood pains um oh. no it's okay let it go let it go <laughs> Let it go. This is what we came for. Yeah. It's <laughs> you all came to watch me cry. Um, honestly, I don't think I would be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for the encouragement mm. of my closest friends, like especially Nava. Mm. Um, mm. Love you. <laughs> sorry. Oh. Because I think we all we all go through so much pain in different ways. You know, I was lucky to have like a very stable family life, but my friends hurt me a lot. My peer group hurt me a lot growing up. And, um, and it wasn't until I realized what a healthy friendship looked like that I found what the power of encouragement can do because it, it, it heals. Yeah. It heals. It it, it 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 forces you to look at parts of yourself that you've been groomed to think don't exist. Mm. And um mm. and it, it 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 pushes you to to tune into your nobility mm. in a way that that pain clouds. Yeah. Um, and, and then, and then I was thinking about what I do as, as a relationship coach and, uh, you know, working with people in their, in their love dynamics. Um, and as a coach or a therapist or a counselor, the heart of that is encouragement as well. Yeah. The, the entire part of that field mm -hmm. is, is, you know, walking this path with your client for them to unearth the gems within them. Mm. It's all encouragement, mm. growth, healing, all of it is rooted in, in encouragement. Mm. And, and I think that is at the core of, of changing the world is feeling that support and that, that push to, to actually like own the gifts that you were given that every single person has been giving, has been given. Everybody's here for a reason and yeah. encouragement is what, unearths that mm. so many of us mm -hmm. wow yeah thank you for that pit pen you're gonna you. share something <laughs> thank you mm. <laughs> i just keep having a whole host of technical difficulties I hopefully that that, that background's being uh filtered out 
Mm-hmm. We don't hear it. We don't hear anything. Great. You're fine. You're fine. Great. Now, how about my scattered thoughts? Can you filter those for me, please? Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna, I'm going to hit that button right now. Okay, yeah. Is is there, where is that? Did you feel oh, it? Did you feel it? feature <laughs> on the whole social order? Um, <clears throat> I mean, you know, my inclination right now for the, for the, for the sake of a conversation is to, because I, I understand what Nara said to be true and, yeah. and, and believe in the power of encouragement kind of a, above many other powers that we utilize. I'm just sort of wanting to push back on that for, you know, for the, for the sake of those listening. I mean, we're, we're, while we believe this, we're also like testing a theory, mm. you know, it's not. The, the the reason we've landed on encouragement as this partic- as this focal point mm-hmm. is because it seems to be not entirely missing, mm. but it's but it's overlooked. Yeah, yeah. I think the significance of its power, the uniqueness of its power, is overlooked. Yeah. Um, even as we embrace many principles of self care and and fellowship and you know global unity it does feel as though the general discourse is becoming more and more volatile and violent and it's been critical for a long time yeah there's something that nerd just said that i thought was really interesting something to the effect of like encouragement helps you see or feel the, the like the parts of yourself that you've been groomed to to, to think we're not there yeah i love that mm. but that was a really interesting way to put it yeah. you know i guess i'm i'm wondering like how do we come to overlook parts of ourselves and then how do we come to regain them and empower them mm. uh what what it, what is encu- if we're talking about encouragement let's let's say we're just focusing on this one thing let's just say we're saying encouragement heals all mm-hmm. saves all like, let's just say what are the different ways that looks you know how how we could also call it love you know i mean yeah. when people when people become cynical about love being able to solve the world's problems i fully understand that intellectually but I think that's also because of a really superficial and narrow definition of love. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a misconception of yeah. love. Yeah. yeah. But I but fully understanding why such a superficial definition of love does not sound like the answer to the world's problems. You know, mm-hmm. we don't just have one problem. We don't just have several. We have like kind of it's like every possible box you could think to check is checked right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's discouraging. I mm-hmm. think is the point. Like even for brilliant you know, countless brilliant voices out there. Um, uh, we have so many ideas about how things are going to get fixed and we're so accustomed to looking towards others. Mm-hmm. And there's something about the spirit of genuine love, which we're calling encouragement, that I think it makes you a protagonist. It oh, makes yeah. you, yeah. I mean, there's so many platitudes we've heard. They've been siphoned of their meaning, but they're profound, you know, yeah. like we're the ones we're waiting for or Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. You know, these things are, are profoundly true, but somehow they are being siphoned of their meaning in our increasing materialistic mm. culture, you know? So I, I think somehow it's just the spirit of encouragement is meant to give these things life again. And, you know, I, I, I'll try and think of a time that I was encouraged. And and I, it's hard because I will say that, you know, when you grow up in dysfunctional environments um, at home and at work, yeah when you learn about very toxic misconceptions of power yeah that's when you give love a very narrow definition and you don't really see the spirit of encouragement yeah. 
And, you know, I will say that I'm probably only now really learning to recognize it. Um, this is not to say that I didn't receive it throughout my life. Of course I, I, of course I did, but for a number of reasons, I don't know how much I ever recognized it. And, 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 um, because I was working young, because I was working professionally so young, it's almost like I received encouragement through employment, but not so much through like relationships. And I have to say, actually, maybe I'm a great example of like, you know, of all the material success I've gained, um, you would think that I would feel quite encouraged as a result, right? Like, mm-hmm. but, but I have to, but I, I think it's, you know, being at the apex of my career um, still provided actually just a complete absence of <laughs> the most meaningful kind of support you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, re- it really can only come through relationships. You know, it can really only come through yeah. like meaningful friendships that, that 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 have a purpose that in their core you brought up this uh how the 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 spiritual principle of encouragement is really at the heart of the baha'i faith right of the baha'i teachings Mm -hmm. you talked about abdul baha you know son of baha'u'llah the prophet founder of faith saying that the essence of the baha'i faith essentially is encouragement right and that that is so that that's such a like profoundly like revolutionary thought to me yeah you know because i'm thinking like so I think I feel like so many people in the world are starved of encouragement. Like we like we, we like ration it out. Like there's like, you know, like it's this like, you know, um, this resource that is finite and that we don't have enough of it. So we're very mm-hmm. like, you know, we parse it out here and there and we give it out like it's like, you know, like um, we're, we're doing a favor. Like we're, we're like we're doing like this sincere favor for this other person. And we are. But encouragement also has an impact on a person who is encouraging, which is really, yeah. Just yeah. really profound. Well, it was making me think that, like, you, you, I think a person is only afraid to encourage when they're insecure themselves. Ah, that's deep. Yeah. That's deep. You know, I really, yeah, like, that's, that's just what comes to my mind. Yeah. yeah. And I feel sometimes, um, f- you know, fatherly, motherly figures sometimes yeah. don't do that because they think, well, my child needs to toughen up. Yeah. They're going to get into a world where they're not going to have encouragement. Mm-hmm. So they just need to learn how to, to live like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i think it's the opposite of preparing them for yeah. the future yeah um actually i want to talk about that because i'm a mom i have a, mm-hmm. I have a two-year-old son and yeah. i think about encouragement all the time mm-hmm. and i know your mother played a really yeah just a, <laughs> the biggest role in your life yeah you yeah. were raised by a single mother yeah, yeah, yeah and the things that you're doing now i i go wow what yeah. what an incredible person and man well, and then i and then i look to your mom yeah so maybe you could you could speak a little bit on that well, I mean, you know, my my mother was uh, this dynamic woman uh, who who raised me deeply, incredibly gifted, but also deeply and incredibly troubled as well by her upbringing and things she experienced, um, physical and emotional violence. But I I will say that um, at the heart of our relationship, what I always felt growing up was that she was identifying the parts of me that she found to be unique and special and encouraging me to develop those parts of myself. Mm. So I started drawing when I was four years old. My mother thought, you know, the sun and the moon had come down, mm. you know, because she had this artistic <laughs> creative bent in herself. She's a writer. Mm. And so she would do everything that she could to facilitate my development as a visual artist. So we'd go to Museum of Modern Art as a kid, Metropolitan Museum. 
and she got me books on Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci. So she did really did a lot to facilitate that. And then she took me to the theater. I mean, God, I remember seeing Bubbling Brown Sugar and The Wiz, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> as, as a kid, and I just thought like that was the most incredible experience. So I was fortunate in that way because I was, I was kind of bathed in a, a, a kind of encouragement of my artistic mm. inclinations where a lot of kids are kind of diverted. They're like, well, yeah, that's nice, but you're not gonna be able to earn a living doing that, so do something else. Mm. And unfortunately, I think we kill a lot of kids' yeah. dreams and also their purpose in life because yeah. we're trying to direct them in something that they're not yeah. meant to do. So for me, that's kind of what the, the part that she played. I'm eternally grateful for that because mm. um, I probably wouldn't be doing the, the things that I'm doing now if it wasn't, wasn't for her and for teachers and other people along the way at critical moments. Yeah. When I didn't believe it in myself, as, as Nora was saying so eloquently, they looked at me and they said, there's something in you. You mm. cannot see it, Masood, but I see it. And maybe in that moment, I didn't fully accept it, but it haunted me just enough to get me to put one foot in front of the other. And then as I stepped a little bit more, I began to believe it myself. Yeah. And I think that is, man, f encouragement is freaking alchemy. I mean, it is magic. And we don't really fully understand its power. No. And when we're conscious and we're looking with intention, we can see it will turn, it will turn a you know a a, a gestating worm into a butterfly, mm. and that's the power of it. It is it it is, it's uncanny what an incredible force it is in the world. Um, something I, I was really interested in, like just unpacking right quick, mm. this whole notion of in relationships, in, in dialogue and discourse, right? Removing the violence out of discourse. Mm. You know, yeah. and what does violence in discourse yeah, look like? And how do we go about the process of extricating that from our discourse and creating spaces, safe spaces where we can dialogue um, in, in a space of mutual understanding and learning and growth? Thank Actually, you. I have the same question. Uh, can you guys help us out? <laughs> <laughs> um, Are you turning that back on no, us? No. So we just have a theory, we have nothing else around it. <laughs> One of the reasons that I think that we really underestimate the power of these subtler emotional um, mm. assets of ourselves yeah. that respond to love, that respond to encouragement, that respond mm. to kindness um, and patience mm. and gentleness, you know. Uh, one of the reasons that we don't have faith in that is because basically, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and just, someone please check me, but I'm gonna say- Yeah, <laughs> um, go for it. You know that culturally we're just kind of like an abused child mm -hmm. you know we're, we're like we don't believe in those things mm -hmm. because we've been so abused yeah. collectively mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's pretty clear you know mm -hmm. and and you know this is actually just, this this checks out at the individual level mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of meaningful research done uh trying to understand trauma i think particularly the last couple of decades we understand it really well i mean even you know even things like the 12-step program and all the different iterations it has in dealing with trauma and dysfunction and addiction, you know, we, we understand that trauma has profound effects on the individual, so yeah. why wouldn't it have profound effects on society? Yeah, sure. Recognizing how violent we've come to accept as base level. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, a lot of people talk about that, but, but, but I, think the, I, I think the cruel, the cruelness of cruelty is that it's hard to learn how to stop being violent when you've been 
when you, you, you've been traumatized. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 really, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that you're being physically violent, but emotionally, so intellectually, just you know, I mean, I mean, look, if we know silence, if silence can be violence, mm-hmm. like really unpack that. Yeah. If si- if if somebody's silence can be violent, yeah. then how much more can a word? You know, how much more can a blow, I mean, how much more can a law, how much more? So we're just suffering through so much violence in a way Mm -hmm. that we just like a very, very, very traumatized child simply do not recognize um, any other means, any other way. You know, we, we, we are still fighting to stop fighting, you know? Yeah. And again, like there's a lot of psychology behind this, a lot of like more studied people who um, could unpack that in more scientific terms mm-hmm. and you know but I but I do think it's just it's just about I don't know there's something very interesting to, to us I, about boiling it down to this very simple level stuff yeah 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 wow mm-hmm. Nora maybe you can talk yeah. to the, the ways of possibly extricating the violence out of the discourse what, what, what are some steps that you see that are productive for that process um, you know, in, in my mind, this is one of the principles that they teach actually when you're getting trained as a therapist is it's not so much about removing something, but it's actually about replacing it with something else. Um, and so r- removing violence, like in theory is what we're talking about, but at the core of it, it's actually about replacing it with love and encouragement. Um, And for me, I tend to come at it from a bit of a more psychological perspective Mm -hmm. because we're, like Penn mentioned, we're yelling at each other to stop yelling. We're screaming about peace. And then we're wondering why nothing is changing. I think recognizing the nature of this problem is actually quite immense. It's, It's happening, but it hasn't happened. You know, it's happening. So we're, we're a little bit like an individual coming to realize like, whoa, I grew up in a really violent household and that really had effects on me. And I've, I'm in my umpteenth relationship. It's just dissolved <laughs> in a fireball. I'm really trying to understand like, why is this happening? Uh, going back to the original trauma, you know, and societally, like, what does that mean? So, so I fully agree with because it's actually scientifically understood um from a psychological perspective that we are to you know it is about like replacing the absence with something positive rather than just trying to deconstruct that bad thing when we're talking about i I grew up in a violent household i mean the people will listen to that and they'll think oh you know i was hit or you Mm -hmm. know more um latent um, subtleties of violence that mm. exist within our our yeah. childhood traumas yeah. that we wouldn't be able to recognize. Yeah. So individually, like just being discouraged and hypercriticized, you know, a child not being encouraged to grow, mm-hmm. and then but in the way that looks societally, because we're also talking about this at the social level, I think it's like the mm-hmm. the existence of systemic racism. Yeah, I mean, I think I think in in, in particularly in marginalized communities, a black community and um, indigenous communities as well. The entire society historically has acted as an inhibitor to developing a healthy self-esteem. So 
it makes it, it makes having a strong family core that much more important. But what happens when you have children uh, as you know, there's a diversity of strength. There, there's a different, you know, iterations or different um, magnitudes of strength and or weakness in family systems. Mm. So what happens if you happen to be a black or brown child coming from a family system that is not healthy? Mm. So you're dealing with that, but then you're also dealing with the objectification of the general society. Mm. And how, you know, and at that point, you're, it's basically um, a crapshoot in a sense that whether or not that child develops the self-esteem, right, really is dependent on meeting some very key people that are able to recognize that they need that, you know, that that encouragement and that consistency. So in addition to working as a, as a couples coach, I also teach at the university out here at, at Arizona State. Um, and I've come to realize what a special pocket that population is because these, these young adults are just leaving kind of the bubble of what they've been raised with and what they've been taught and, and sheltered in um, and just dipping their toe into reality. And so there's this, this sweet spot of, um, of catching them as they're just able to start thinking outside of what they've been told to believe. Yeah. Um, and seeing the light bulb go off yes. when they realize like, oh, this is actually what racism looks like. This is actually what sexism looks like. Like this is how it does exist. Um, and, and that light bulb going off mm -hmm. is kind of addicting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um, when Penn came to ASU, um, I, I think both of us felt like that was a really beautiful experience because as much as the draw was having a, a big celebrity there, that energy dissipated, I think, really quickly. I don't know what you think, Penn. They were disappointed. No, the energy of like, you know, fanning over mm -hmm. somebody famous was very quickly replaced with hunger for like a genuine true conversation yeah, yeah. um and, and and i see it every single day in my classes mm -hmm. that they, they're they're hungry for this they're terrified of it mm -hmm. but they're hungry for it at the mm -hmm. same time um and so we're we're taking this conversation to the university circuit to really um encourage to, to hold a space to, to explore this together mm -hmm. and to to encourage people to start living with courage mm -hmm. um and and making choices that and and standing up for things that might be a bit uncomfortable but that are necessary and and also encouraging them to to infuse their dialogue with with a different energy mm -hmm. and it and and it's landing. Like even yesterday, I was having a conversation with a student of mine who she, um, she her family is from India, um, but she identifies as, I think, bisexual. Um, and uh, and she she's basically broken all societal expectations of like, you know, how, how her life should look and, and what she should be and mm -hmm. how she should engage with society um 
And she came up to me after class and was talking about how she got into a, a like an online fight with people. And she's like, what do I do? How do I, how do I handle this? And we just spent a few minutes kind of unpacking, like what, what's your ego and what is effective? Like what, what is re and what is proactive? What is effective? And, and, and it, it felt like it landed at the very least she's thinking about it. And I think if we could do this on a large scale, um, it, I, I think the ripple effects of it, even in a small scale, even in a class of like 40 students, it's powerful, let alone, you know, at, in a university setting where you've got like hundreds of people that are, that are now thinking about something that is so contrary to what society would have you think is the way to handle this sort of thing. Yeah, I think we're, what you identified and what you talked about, um, engaging around these conversations in a way that are, you know, I mean, you know, life affirming as opposed to detrimental. And it sounds to me like that's, that's kind of like the goal, perhaps in the work that you all are engaged in, you're trying to cultivate that in these conversations and these dialogues when you're all pairing up and doing these public presentations. I think that's, that's incredible work. Um, I think it's interesting you talk about that it's addicting. Mm. When you awaken, you know, I call it like the radical awakening. Yeah. When you have this awakening to how things have been that yeah. you didn't know yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. And what thing, what events or what traumas have occurred in your life yeah. that are reflective in your character and your personality and how that's going to affect the people around you. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is happening in this moment and and it and it happens later on in life but it seems to me and maybe just because i work with children or youth gosh so much of this could be um <laughs> could be prevented or so much of the violence could be prevented if we actually focused on the way that we're rearing our children mm. i mean so much i mean i feel like mothers are and fathers are completely discounted in their work yeah, when it comes yeah. to the yeah. child yeah. but if you're wanting to eradicate this type of violence that exists in the world mm -hmm. this is the most you know the educator mm -hmm. whoever that might be yeah. you know it is the most important role mm -hmm. that you could play mm -hmm. in society it is the most important form of activism yeah. it's you're going to the root mm. um and i don't think we support our educators mm -hmm. enough i don't no. think we support the women and mothers yeah. and their role as educators and the father their roles as edu educators mm. um to be able to sustain the type of life that we're all trying to fight for mm. yeah and you look like you were going to say something. I'm just listening, you know, because it's like, because there's so many facets to it. And I think, I mean, first of all, what Nav was just saying is so true. I mean, I have a one-year-old now and I have a 12-year-old stepson. And it's like, they need very different kinds of stimulation, different kinds of attention, different kinds of care. And now as a like full-time biological parent and a step-parent, I just see with painful clarity because it's just foisted on you. Like, wow how little genuine support there is for 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 families um there's not a lot of space for it in our culture there's just not a lot of space for it um but you know as it pertains to uh her and as it pertains to like you know what what nura and i are are working on i mean i think like everybody has a way to contribute and nura is is uh i encourage nura to be very hopeful about 
about uh, what we're trying to do at, at like a large scale. But as a person who's lived in the in the sort of public eye for over half my life, I I have developed a uh, an unhealthy cynicism around that, and I need encouragement around that. Mm. But um, but I I I, I, I like to also I, I also <laughs> like to think of think of it like this, you know. What Nura does in, her, in 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 her sort of local community, and what I do in mine, like we like those, I think are ultimately the have to be considered the most meaningful. Um, what we all do, like where we live and in real time with the people we love and the people we live around, to whom we have responsibility and who have responsibilities to us, that is always going to be the most meaningful forum for social change. Mm. It, it, it's always going that's what grassroots organizing is about that's what activists have right that's what that's that's what that's where it's going to happen that is that that is that is where people suffer by by for, as a result of you know insensitive decisions made at the top but it's also where everything comes from yeah. that's where life is lived mm -hmm. so so what we're doing is simply like and because i'm famous let's just call it what it is yeah. you know we're going to also try and offer some of these insights to larger numbers of people yeah. and to whatever degree that can have a positive effect. Great. But I think as a, as a reflex, I try, I don't try to put too much stock in it because the whole point of this age is that we are, we are trying to deconstruct this patriarchal notion of like top down wisdom and mm -hmm. political action and, and, and social change. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to get it from me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not you know you're not gonna i am a guy on a show mm -hmm. yeah in a way we got to stop looking to people like me but in the meantime while you're not hi my name is Ben Bausch. i'm going to be speaking at arizona state university with nara mozun she has a doctorate in family and marriage <laughs> counseling uh i'm also the star of you you can catch me on netflix on october 15th we're going to be speaking at the uh, uh, university of illinois and that <laughs> is what 14th. we call a plug yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been freaking amazing guys we're yeah. so happy that you were able to join us today and um i think it's a lot that we can learn about how to build effective um constructive relationships that are empowering on both sides, mm -hmm. that are such essential to, that are so essential to moving community forward, moving, moving our society forward. And I think there was a lot of nuggets that you guys offered today that will really give people guidance mm. in how to build those relationships as they go about doing this work of, of, of changing our society in a positive way. Mm. So thank you guys, man, for the work you do. Love you guys, man. Much love, much respect praying for you guys, lifting you up in the work you do and just celebrating uh, your gifts and your talents. Thanks so much guys. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you guys so much for having us. You got it. Take care, guys. See you. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. 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 <laughs>